Hello, this is Imperfect Action, and I'm Brock Edwards, and today's guest is Barry O'Reilly. And Barry, um, let's just jump in here. Tell us who you are, what do you do, what are you about? Uh, I'm a business advisor, entrepreneur, and author. Uh, I've written two best-selling books, uh, Lean Enterprise, which is part of Eric Reese's uh, Lean series on how to create high-performance organizations, and uh, my latest book called Unlearn, Let Go of the Past, to achieve extraordinary results. And that was written and inspired by my work with senior leaders and executives, teaching them how to innovate their behavior to adapt to changing circumstances. All right. So unlearn. So I'd love the title. Um, but I, let, rather than let me invent what I think you mean by unlearn, why, why, why don't you tell me what, so what, how did you settle on that title? So m many people actually get quite upset when I, tell them uh, that they need to unlearn you know that the first reaction I get is that I'm they think I have to tell them everything that they know is wrong and and, and that and couldn't be anything further from the truth now th the way I define unlearning is it's a process of letting go reframing and moving away from one's youthful mindsets and acquired behaviors that were effective in the past but now limit your success so it's not forgetting or removing or discarding knowledge or experience. It's the conscious act of letting go of outdated information and actively engaging in taking in new information to inform effective decision-making and action. So the way I try to help people understand that is, you know, just that you might have products. Uh, products have features. Uh, and just as products have features, humans have behaviors. And when you're building products for any entrepreneur, you'll realize that often with your product, you have to innovate its features continuously to adapt to changing market needs, customer needs, technology innovations. So just as you need to innovate features and products, people also need to innovate their behaviors for situations, challenges, or circumstances that they're facing. And if you hold on to the same fixed set of behaviors continuously, often those that may have made you successful in the past, you're essentially opening yourself up to be disrupted by holding on to behaviors that may have been successful for you in the past, but they're not the behaviors that are going to help you drive success based on new circumstances, changing circumstances that you're facing. So really what I found is that I, that, you know, there was a sort of system that I was coaching these senior leaders and executives that, how to teach them to continuously change to changing circumstances when their behaviors weren't driving the outcomes that they wanted. Uh, and I built a system called the cycle of unlearning to allow them to do that. And I've been now coaching that to, uh, you know, hundreds of leaders over the last number of years and, and driving you know, very interesting results for them. So some of this sounds like kind of a, a tough sell here, here, Barry. One, I mean, you already mentioned just the idea of, oh, I've got to unlearn stuff. I, I spent my whole life learning things. and But the other is this idea of letting go of past success. Why is that? What, what's the disconnect where our past success suddenly isn't helping us go forward anymore? Well, probably the best example of this is uh, say you were just a contributor in, in, in a company, right? You'd been hired as a software engineer and your job was to write the best software you could write and you were good at it and you wrote great software. Then one day somebody was kind enough to come over to ask you, hey, will you manage a team of software developers? 
So all your sort of competencies to date have been about writing software, knowing answers, knowing the, how to solve tough problems. Now suddenly you're the manager of a software team. You know, so you need a, a whole new set of different skills. And some of the skills that helped you become a software manager, you'll hold on to. But some of them you may need to let go of, like always giving people the answer. You, know, you need to teach your teams how to figure out answers for themselves. I'd feel great to tell everyone that you know the answer, but that limits your effectiveness as a good team leader. Really, what you're trying to do is help people solve problems for themselves. You know, so that, that's a very simple example of where a lot of your behaviors that made you successful as an engineer aren't going to be the behaviors that make you successful as a manager of engineers. Some of them you will continue to learn and relearn and improve, but other things you might have to unlearn and let go of. So it's not you're like you're throwing this experience away. You're just adapting the behaviors and skills that you're going to use to a new context. So really, it's about understanding when do I need to adapt and recognizing the signals that the behaviors you're currently using aren't driving the outcomes that you want. Well, well, that leads right into my next question here, Barry, which is when you're working with senior level leaders, uh, working with entrepreneurs, how do you help them identify what they need to keep and what they need to you know, cast aside to relearn or unlearn? So a lot of this all comes down to getting good at describing the outcomes you're actually aiming for, because then you have something to hold yourself accountable to. And then own if you're not living up to the expectations that you've set yourself. So people ask me all the time, it's like, well, how do I need, how do I know I need to unlearn? You know, if you've described outcomes like I want to get fitter, but made it even a really good expression of what fitter or healthier is, I want to reduce my mile speed by 20%. You know, then you can start to say to people, well, what behaviors are you doing at the moment? Um, are you, are you, have you reduced your mile speed? Because no, So then you start to see things like, well, if you're not living up to the desired outcomes or not living up to the expectations you've set yourself or you're struggling to resolve the challenge or the outcome you're aiming for or you're simply just avoiding it altogether, they're all signs that the behaviors you're using are probably not the behaviors that are going to drive the outcomes that you want. And you probably need to unlearn. So it's really important to give yourself a chance to make these sort of decisions and hold yourself accountable is you've got to get good at describing what outcomes or what success actually really looks like. And then challenging and measuring yourself to say, well, am I actually achieving it with my current behaviors? And if not, that's a signal to unlearn, to start to experiment with new behaviors. Now, I often say you've got to think big about an aspiration or outcome that you're aiming for, but you've got to start small with new behaviors, experiment with them to see which work and which don't, and move you towards the outcome you want, and learn fast what works for you and what doesn't, and then move on to new behaviors. So constantly iterate the behaviors that are going to drive you to the outcomes that you want. And when you start to help people understand that, really what you're teaching them is a system to continuously adapt themselves to changing circumstances which becomes very powerful considering the pace of innovation and the rate of change that most leaders have to operate within uh, and people also have to perform. 
Well, when you mentioned learn fast, one of the things I'm always curious about is, you know, some of the things that we do, we can get nearly instant feedback on and are able to learn quick. But but other things, uh, you know, as leaders can take, it can take longer to play out and to know if you're on the right path or not. I mean, an extreme example is parenting. You know, you never know if you do a good job as a parent until your kids are, you know, adults. Um and so as leaders, you know, there's so many factors that go into that. How, how do you help discern like, yes, this is a lesson I, I need to learn from, or no, this is a lesson that might be a lesson, but might be an anomaly. And I really need more data. I need to see how this plays out further. Yeah. So I think uh, like to take your parenting example, you know, you might have an aspiration to be a great parent or for your child to be a upstanding member of society. You know, and, and you're right, that might have a very long-term horizon that you're thinking. So one of the techniques, though, I try to help people understand is, well, you know, it's very hard to take action and know if anything you're doing is driving the ultimate outcome that you want, which is a, you know, a, a, a fantastic child or you, you as an excellent parent, if you don't sort of set yourself little goals along the way, you know, smaller outcomes that you can see, are you moving in the direction that you want? So one of the things I often say is, well, you know, if you want to be, you know, have your child to be a fantastic member of society, what would be a great outcome in a month's time? What would be a great outcome uh, in, a, in a week's time? And then even to drive that thing in a week, what could you do tomorrow to try and start to steer and guide, you know, either your behaviors um, in a way that drives the outcome that you ultimately want. So you're holding yourself accountable on these sort of smaller steps by thinking big and starting small and learning fast if the behaviors you're doing are actually driving the outcomes that you ultimately want, which is a you know a, a, a child you're proud of, a parenting style that you're comfortable with and, and drives the results that you want. So what, what, would I, what would a month look like based on where you're currently at with your child? I get, I'd get you to define that. What would a week look like? Well, what would your child be doing? What would you be doing? And then asking yourself, well, so what can I do tomorrow? And that's really important because it forces you to start taking action. So maybe, you know, you might say, well, you know, a thing I could do tomorrow is I could spend more time with my son or daughter. I could turn off my phone when I come home from work. I could ask them how their day was. Like these are all small little things that start to move you in the direction of becoming either the great parent you want to be or, or helping your child be the best person they could be. Um, and you start to feel successful, right? Because when you start small, you, you've, you're starting, you're trying these different things to get there. And, and when you have these sort of shorter term outcomes that you're moving towards, and the longer term horizon you're aiming for, when you break these things back and you, you work backwards from these big aspirations or outcomes you're aiming for and take small steps to get there each day and have feedback mechanisms to hold yourself accountable as you go on that path, that builds a system of learning that allows you to constantly adapt your behavior and, and own the results of your behaviors and see if they're working or not. And I think that becomes a very powerful mechanism for people to guide them on this sort of challenging journeys that we're often uh, trying to 
partake in parenting <laughs> probably being one of the most. Yeah. So you've broken this down so that it's very clear, uh, very straightforward. I mean, it's, it seems very common sense, you know, figure out exactly where you want to go. Uh, what are the behaviors that are going to get you there? And then, you know, do those behaviors, learn from them as you go. So from your experience, what is it that um, gets in the way of that common sense? Like, I think everyone would go, yeah, that's how you would do it. But obviously, we're not doing that. So what what's getting in our way? Well, the short answer is ourselves. And, um, you know, it, it comes down to many things. You know, we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. We, we like comfort. We like to do things we feel that we know how to do. We don't like uncertainty. Um, you know, and, and, and what I what I constantly, um, uh, you know, sort of have to coach people is there's a, there's sort of characteristics you need to cultivate within yourself to unlearn. You know, curiosity is probably the biggest one. You know, and and a simple thing why is, is like why is that? Well, uh, the way I would say it is, you know, often when you're telling somebody to how to do a task are giving them a problem to solve and they try to solve it in a different way than you would solve it. You know, most people's reaction is they're doing it wrong. They should do it the way I would do it. You know, and, and, you know, that, that sort of shows that people are sort of like locked in that there's only one way to do it my way. Curiosity would be like, Oh, that's interesting. Why, why are you trying to solve the problem that way? Oh, cause there's a new tool that you've discovered or, you, you've you've seen someone else solve it in a different, unique way that was really effective. Wow, I'm interesting. Show me why. Curious to ask that there's different ways to do things and ways that you might be aware of. Right, that opens you up for new information to challenge your existing mental models of the world and challenge your assumptions and biases of the world. Really interesting, right? People who are curious can find that new information and, and accelerate. Um, ownership is really important, right? When when things aren't working. Who do you hold accountable? Do you say, well, we would have been successful if that other person changed the way they worked or if the team, uh, that other team did something different? Or do you sort of say, it's on me. I need to adapt my behavior. That's, that's the one thing I can affect. Um, commitment then is this idea of trying new things that you're probably not going to be great at. You know, striving for excellence rather than perfection. But committing to just try new things and and give it a go and see where you see where you get to celebrate the effort, not the result, because you know if you keep putting in the effort, you'll get the results you want. Uh, comfortable uh, with being uncomfortable, and this is sort of like a little important point for me. You know, we are cr- creatures of comfort, uh, but if we stay within our comfort zone, there's no growth or development there. It's hard to move forward both with your thinking and your behavior and the methods you use. So what I constantly find is that leaders who consciously are trying to put themselves in like little uncomfortable positions because they help them grow. What's the next challenge that they need to tack on? How can they make problems a little more difficult so they have to learn new skills to get there? You know, and and the sort of way that you you do that is you create safety to succeed. So again, the reason we think big but start small is because when you start small, it's safe to fail. You're not thinking big and betting big and be in an unrecoverable scenario. You think big, start small, and be safe to fail. 
So when when you're working with uh, you know senior leaders or entrepreneurs, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in listen to this podcast. What what is it that they typically call you in to help with? Well, it, it's sort of more where they're they're at a point where they they own that the behaviors that they're doing are not driving the results they want. I'll, I'll give you a sim- simple example. Um, one of the programs I run is called Exec Camp, where I get executives to leave their business with the goal of launching new businesses to disrupt their existing company and in turn themselves. Uh, one of the first people to ever do an Exec Camp was International Airlines Group. They're the sixth largest airline group in the world. They own British Airways, Iberian, Velling, Aer Lingus. Uh, you know, they're like $26 billion a year in, in, in terms of uh, revenue. And what they what they recognized is that a lot of their sort of leadership development programs were not driving the results they wanted. Right? They were sending people to these amazing places, Harvard, you know, Stanford, you name it. Their leaders were going on these programs, but they were coming back and they weren't changing their behaviors and they weren't actually driving the innovation levels that they wanted across the company. So they owned that that wasn't working for them and they needed to try something different. So uh, they reached out and said that they were looking to create an immersive experience for their executives that they would learn by doing. They'd get outside their comfort zone. They'd experiment with new behaviors, new products, new technologies, and try and find sort of six transformational ideas to disrupt the airline industry and and in turn disrupt the way that they did leadership development and shifted the mindsets of their leaders by doing and behaving differently. You see, because the whole point about this is you can't think your way to a new way of behaving. You've got to behave your way to a new way of thinking. Or what we say is you've got to act your way to a new culture that you want to see. So by getting them outside of their company, getting them to experiment, setting very uh, like short cycles where they would have to come with ideas, develop prototypes, test them with real customers way, way earlier than they were expecting, was really uncomfortable for a lot of these executives, but they learned the value of getting fast feedback with ideas, of mapping out problem spaces and naive solutions to test them quickly and learn fast if they worked or not. Um, and by spending time with customers, it started to challenge their mental models of the world about their assumptions of experts in their industry and the realities of how you know, the, the industry operated. And that again, that was confronting for them a lot of the time because their assumptions of how things happened were often invalid. And testing them with customers helped them learn that, which was uncomfortable, but they saw the value of it because it allowed them to make better decisions about what really mattered. Yeah, so we did this program for eight weeks and um, yeah, they, they came up with a, a, a you know a product that could synthesize customer complaints in minutes instead of like what used to take months. They created the first identity management tool in the airline industry that leveraged blockchain technology with VeChain, so they could you know build prototypes of being able to understand end-to-end customer journeys and all the different people and components of that. You know, but the most important thing uh, was not necessarily the products they build. It was the sort of lasting impact it had on their leadership team. And Stephen Scott, who's the chief digital officer and now of IAG's Avias Group, you know, he would constantly say that the part of unlearning is not getting stuck doing only what worked in the past. You know, when 97% of people would think you should stop what you're doing, go back to what, the way you have done it, 
that's actually the moment where you really need to push through and start innovate, iterating faster with new behaviors to find the breakthroughs that you want. You know, and um, the benefits really for IAG is they have now had a bigger impact. They've had a lasting impact on the mindset of leaders as they return to their companies. And now they become coaches for other people in the company as they teach them how to unlearn a lot of the sort of behaviors that they have used to drive innovation that weren't necessarily giving them the results they wanted. And now they're sort of having lots of breakthrough innovations in the airline industry. They started the first ever venture capital firm in the airline industry called Hangar 51, where the airline starts to invest in startups to leverage their data sets and build new products that they never even thought possible. They've created an open ecosystem for innovation. Their leaders are now creating opportunities for their teams to come up with new ideas and experiment and learn. So they've had to sort of break out innovation across the whole company, and it's driving, uh, you know, massive um, performance improvements inside the company and and impacting both their bottom line and their their customers' delight. You may not have an immediate answer to this, but something that you said made, made, made me think, you know. I'm always a little fascinated by how do we know when to persist, you know, that that little bit of extra effort that gets us to the unseen finish line versus pivot. Like this just isn't going to pan out. And so we need to shift our attention and go do something else now. Well, it, it sort of goes back to the point I mentioned at the top of the conversation around outcomes. You know, you need to create a system of accountability for what you're doing. Now, defining what your best guess of what a solution might be and what would be a signal of success if you were moving in the direction you want, the outcome you would be aiming for. So you know, to your idea, if you want to be a great parent, a good outcome in a month would be that your child would say thank you to every person it met whenever they gave them something. You know, And then you know in a month's time after you're trying these new behaviors to encourage your child to do that, if they're not saying thank you every time somebody's nice to them, then you're you need to sort of pivot your approach because you, you know, and it's 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 so it's creating this sort of leading indicators that are driving the out the bigger outcome that you want, and then helping you see if those leading indicators and outcomes are happening, and if they're not, change your approach. Right, that's the best way that we know how to explore uncertainty. Uh, you, you know, grounded in the scientific method and supporting cultures of experimentation. So it's really important to get good at describing those outcomes. And you know, as you start to practice that system of accountability, that's what helps you make those decisions in uncertain environments about whether to persist, uh, whether to pivot, or to stop doing what you're doing and, and focus elsewhere. You know, I didn't ask you at the beginning, Barry, but but I'm curious. So, what sets you down this path uh, of helping people unlearn and you know re- reapply their, their, their thinking to to get that next level of success? Well, what I've constantly found was, you know, what I wrote Lean Enterprise. That was about teaching people like practices and methods to create high-performance organizations and innovate at scale. And I, I, it afforded me the opportunity to work with some of these amazing individuals, like senior executives of like right up to Fortune 5 and 10 companies. And, and what I constantly discovered about all these uh, phen- phenomenally talented people was while learning new things was tough, it, it wasn't the limiting factor. 
it was actually their ability to unlearn their existing behavior and adapt new behavior that was constantly holding them back. You know, and, it, and it's tough. Like right, when you're a senior executive or leader in a company, all your feedback mechanisms are telling you that you're doing the right things. You've been promoted in the company to the top of the company. Your, your behaviors must be the best behaviors. You know, but what I but then what I have to help people understand is that the world is still changing around you. Nothing is fixed. So the behaviors that might have brought you to that position were definitely successful, but the environment around you is changing, meaning you need to change to adapt to that environment as you still lead. So if you don't have a system to constantly recognize when you the behaviors you're using are not driving the outcomes you want and you need to adapt, then you're opening yourself up to disruption, essentially. And I think once you start to frame it to people like that, they recognize, wow, I, I actually need to build the capability to continuously adapt, not to just become great at one or two things, but to become great at learning new things, because I'm always going to have to learn new things and unlearn things. And I think once they start to see that, it becomes a, a very powerful mechanism for them to start driving new behavior new thinking and ultimately cycle the cycle of unlearning and it becomes a virtuous cycle and then drive really really extraordinary results so what haven't i asked you today or what is it that you wish people knew uh, about unlearning or you mentioned earlier you know thinking big starting small learning fast uh, what haven't we covered yet today so I guess, I guess one of the messages I'd love for, you know, your listeners to just to consider is, you know, if you're always striving for perfection, you never give yourself the opportunity to make mistakes. And growth is all about doing things that work and doing things that didn't work to help you find the things that work. So I think one of the concepts that really resonated with me when I was uh, writing the book was by Bernay Brown. And she would often talk about that, you know, striving for excellence over perfection allows us the opportunity to grow. And I'd really encourage your, te your teams and your listeners to, to think like that. Strive for excellence over perfection because you can't be perfect. But try to be your best and you can achieve great things. And the other part is celebrate the attempt, celebrate trying, worry less about the results. Now, the more you focus on getting comfortable with trying new things, you'll constantly iterate and get the results you want. But when you get infatuated by just the result, you know, it forces people sometimes not to try new things. And I think there's something subtle there to be aware of. You know, we're constantly going to have to change the way that we do things as the world changes, technology changes. So get good at trying and, and worry less about the result of trying. Love it. That is such a, a great connection. I mean, just to the theme and the spirit of the show, the idea that, uh, you know, imperfect action beats perfect inaction. You know, just get get out there and try. So where can people find you? 
Uh, so you, you can look me up on um, barryoreilly.com, uh, execcap.com, and um, also on learn.online. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to do uh, new things to grow myself. Uh, you know, I've, I'm launching an unlearned podcast. There'll, there, there'll be lots of sort of support materials and workshops around unlearned. So if you're interested in trying to do this, uh, go to any one of those sites and, and hopefully we can start your unlearning journey together. Nice. Well, the question I always ask is, what would your ask of the audience be? What can they do to help you out, Barry? Just write down one outcome or aspiration that you have. And it could be big or small. Uh, you know, then ask yourself, you know, if you were going to achieve that outcome, what would you need to happen in a month? What would need to happen in a week? But most importantly, what could you do tomorrow to start driving the outcomes that you want? One new behavior that you would do differently. Uh, give it a go. See how you get on. And I'd love to hear if you send me a, a tweet or a message on let me know what experiment you ran, how it worked. And, I, and I'd love to hear how you got on. Excellent. Well, Barry, thank you so much for being on today. Really appreciate it.